This tape is in Mesechtas Megillah, or in the middle of the second parak at the Mishnah on Dafyutesam and Beis. Everyone, even a woman, is kashered to be might see other people in Megillah. The only people who cannot be might see other people in Megillah are a Cherashay to the cut. This is a person who is deaf, a person who does not have a sufficient amount of intelligence, or a person who is below the age of Bar Mitzvah. Rabbi Huda says that a cotton can be might see other people, and Taisu says that this cotton who can be might see other people must at least be Higiyah must at least be aged 10 to 11. And the Gemara says, Our Mishnah is like Rabbi Yaisi, who holds that if one reads Kriyashma and does not hear it, then he is not Yaitzah, because it says Shema Yisrael. So too, a Cheresh cannot be might see others, since he cannot hear it. As we know from the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Chavtes, Kal She'ena Mechuyev Bedavar, the Gemara says that a person should not recite Birchas HaMazan in his heart, i.e. he should not recite it without hearing the words. And finally, Rabbi Yehuda says that when he was a cotton, he laid the Megillah for Rabbi Tarfon in Lud, and the Gemara says that this is no Raya, since we say, a Mevian Raya min We do not bring a Raya from someone at the time that he was a cotton. Tavchav, the Mishnah. We do not begin to read the Megillah or we do not do brismila, or tefillah for a zav, or a tamay meis, or a zava shemeres yem keneged yem, until at least the period of neitzachama in the morning. We have to wait at least until neitzachama to do any of these things. But bidiyavid, if they did any of these things as early, as just after Amud HaShachar, which is a period of 72 minutes before neitzachama, then they're yaitza. And the Gemara says, Megillah is only done by day since the Pasuk says, Of course, we do it at night also, although the Iker Mitzvah is by day. Mila is by day only, because the Pasuk says, In Shulchan Arach, Simen, Reish Samach Beis, we paskin that if a child has a bris Mila at night, there is a suffix if he needs an additional Hatafas Dam Bris by day, in order to be Yaitzah, the Mitzvah of Bris Mila. Azov is similar to a Valkari, and that he can be table by day without having to wait for the night. And the Gemara says that until the stars come out, until the period known as Tseisa Kechavim, it's not called night yet, and the day does not begin until Alaysa Shachar. So when we're dealing with halachas that are called halachas for the daytime, Lechatchilo, you're supposed to do them after Neitzachama, but the Di'evet, if you did them as early as just after Alaysa Shachar, you're Yitzah. The Mishnah. There are many things that can be done all day, the complete day is a good time to do the mitzvah. This includes the mitzvah of saying halal, the mitzvah of blowing shayfar, the mitzvah of netilas lulaf, saying musaf, vidoy, smichas karbanas, malika, kabbalas hadam, the water of the saita, egla arufa, and taharas hametzara. And then there are things which are kosher to be done all night. This includes ktsira sa'imer, which we do on Tessayin Nisan. We know Motsai Tesvav, they would cut the barley in preparation from the Mincha the next day, which was called the Yomer, and also Hector Chalavim Ve'evarim. These things can be done all night. The rule is, Zahaklal, Dover Shemitzvasei B'yayim, Kasher Kolayim, and Dover Shemitzvasei Balayla, Kasher Kolalayla. And the Gemara says, All the Duyim are done by day, since they're connected via Psukim. The Chiper Ba'adai Uva'ad Beisai, and B'yayim Hazei Yechaper Aleichem. Anything that is ma'akev a carbon and needs a kayan must be done by day only. This includes everything from the kamitza to the hazah. Although the cutting of the aymer and the counting of the sphira is by night only, 
But the bringing of the carbon is by day only, the day of Tesayim. That's when it's Matir the Chodesh. Taisvis and Menachos points out that because counting the Svira is by night, if one forgot to count by night, he can count during the day, but only without a bracha for that day. But if a person forgot to count both by day and by night, then it's not Tamimos anymore, and he cannot continue to count at all with a bracha. And finally, Rabbi Elizabeth ben Azariah holds that the carbon Pesach can only be eaten until Chatzais, at night, not all night. Rabbi Akiva holds it can be eaten all night. In Shulchan Aruch, Simen, Tafai, and Zion, we paskin like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that the carbon Pesach can only be eaten until Chatzais. And in fact, today, when we eat the Afi Kaiman, especially on the first night, we, we are machmer to eat the Afi Kaiman before Chatzais. This marks the end of the second parak. Now let us begin the third parak, Perak HaKare This parak deals primarily with the halachas of Kriya Satira. Before we start, let us begin with a brief Hakdama. The Rushalmi brings the Pasuk in Vayikra, Perakhov Gimel, Vayedabra Moshe as Me'ade Hashem el Bnei Yisrael, and says that we learn from here that Moshe was Mesaken, that Bnei Yisrael should read from the Torah on Shabbos, Yontav, Rosh and Cholamayid. Ezra expanded this Takana to include the laning of the Torah until Sheni, on Mondays, Thursdays, and Shabbos by Mincha. This is known as Takanas Ezra. The Gemara Baba Kama, Daf Pebez Amad Aleph, says this Takana is based on the Pasuk in Shmais, Perak Tesvav. Vayelchu shleishes yomim babidbor v'loimotsu mayim. And since we know ein mayim, ein Torah, we don't want to go more than three days without laning from the Torah. Since Monday and Thursday were the market days, those days were chosen for the Kriya Satira, and then Shabbos by Mincha was also added. As we will learn here in the Gemara and Megillah, Davchav Tesam and Beis, it used to be that they would finish the Torah only once every three years. Then the Velt was Makabal, the Minig, Bavel, which would be to complete it every single year. In the time of the Mishnah, when people would get an Aliyah, they would read from the Torah, each person would read for himself. And there were only two brachas that were said in total. The first bracha, Asher Bracharbanu, was said only before the first Aliyah. And Asher Nasalanu was said after the last Aliyah. Not like today, where everyone says both brachas. They were masakin this, Mishum HaNichnasin or Mishum HaYoytzin. Today, we also have a Balkore who reads for everyone. But nonetheless, each person should read quietly his own Aliyah to himself. Of course, at that time, we know each person would read himself. Another interesting point is that in the days of the Mishnah, they would have a Maturgaman, a translator who would recite each Hebrew Pasuk in Aramaic also. Regarding the Haftarah, which we read after each Parsa, this Haftarah is always about the Inyana de Yoyma. The meaning of Haftarah was begun in the days when there was a Gzeras Hashmad, and the Jews were not allowed to read from the Torah, so they were Masakin to read from the Navi on a related subject. They read a minimum of 21 Psukim, three Psukim minimum for each of the, three, each of the seven Aliyahs. So three Psukim times seven Aliyahs is equal to the 21 Psukim, negative the Psukim of the Torah. Today, we don't add special Psukim from the Torah for the Maftir, but rather we repeat the last few Psukim of every Parsha as the Maftir Aliyah. And that just, those are just the Psukim which we had already laid during the Parsha. And this is so, Lo Yehei Shava Kveit HaNovi we don't want to read it separately because we want to make sure that the Navi it does not become more chashev than the reading of the Torah. With these points in mind, let us begin the third parak from the Mishnah on Daf Chafalaf. The Mishnah says, A yachid who reads the Megillah can sit or stand, but one who reads for a tzibor must stand. 
On Monday and Thursday, and Shabbos by Mincha, we call three people, three alias, for the reading of the Torah. We have no less than three people, and we have no more than three people. In other words, there's always three exact alias. On Cholamayid and Rishchidosh, we have four alias, no more and no less. On Yantav, we call five alias. On Yom Kippur, we call six alias. And on Shabbos, we call seven alias. Of course, as we mentioned before, the maftir is read as just simply a repetition of the last few psukim. It's an additional aliyah, but it's no extra psukim. These days, we also have a haftarah, and the Mishnah says, if we want, we can add extra people on those days. Since people aren't in a rush to get out of shul, we're allowed to add aliyahs if we want to. The rush and the Rambam hold that haisafas are mutter for both Shabbos, Yom Kippur, and Yontif. But according to the Ran, Haisafas extra alias are only mutter on Shabbos. They're not mutter on Yantav and Yom Kippur. This is because these days could potentially end up having more alias than Shabbos. This is how it's paskin in the Ramah and Simon Reish Pebeis. In other words, if on Yantav we would say, you know, we're going to add four more alias, we'd end up having nine alias on that Yantav day. And it would end up that Yantav has nine alias, and maybe the Shabbos after has only seven. And we don't want the Yantav to be more chashiv than the Shabbos. Therefore, according to this Shita, and according to the Ran, which is how we paskin, on Yantav we only have five alias, and we do not make Haisafas. In Yom Kippur we have only six alias, and we do not make Haisafas. But on, sev- on Shabbos we have seven alias, and we are allowed to make Haisafas. The only exception to this rule on Yantav is Simchas Torah. Since on Simchas Torah we want everybody to have an aliyah, therefore we can have as many aliyahs as we want. And the Gemara says, When Hashem transmitted the Torah to Klal Yisrael, He stood. So too, when we transmit Torah in a tzibor, the Balkare stands also. Once Rabban Gamliel was nifter, Torah learning was never the same, and people stopped learning Torah in a standing position. The Gemara says there were different minhagim as to whether we made a bracha after the Megillah or not. However, all agree that we make a bracha before the Megillah. This is true since we say, kol kulan Oiver means immediately before the Megillah, but not earlier than that. Since we need to make a bracha before we do a mitzvah, everybody agrees we make a bracha before we read the Megillah. Before the Megillah, Rav Ashi made three brachas, Mikra Megillah, Sha'asa Nisim, and Shehachiyano. This is abbreviated with Memnon Chas. These were made both by day and by night. And after the Megillah, he made the bracha of Harav Esribenu. And this is how we do it today. The Gemara asks, why did the Chachamim choose the number of three for the number of aliyahs on Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos by Mincha? Ravasi says this corresponds to Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim. And Rava says it corresponds to Kohen, Levi, and Yisrael. The meaning of laning three days, as we mentioned, came from Takanas Ezra HaSeifer, as we learned in the Gemara of, in Babakama, Dak Pebez. First was the Takanas Meishu Rabbeinu, but that was only for three psukim each time. Ezra HaSeifer came and then added three alias, which totaled ten psukim on these days. And Reb Simi learned that when we lane, we don't read less than ten psukim. Where did this special number of ten come from? Rabbi Yosef says, Keneged Aseres Hadibris. Rabbi Levi says, Keneged the ten Hilulim of David in Tilim. Rabbi Yechanan said, It's Keneged the Asara Ma'amores Shevahem Nivra Ha'olam. It's Keneged the ten words used to create the world. Ten times that Hashem said Vayomer. Taisus asks, We know that the minimum number of psukim is ten psukim, but what about on Purim? On Purim we only lay nine psukim in the morning. So how can we get away with only laying nine? So Taisus answers, it's one big Indian, the Indian of Amalek, and since it's all the Indian of Amalek, 
you can lane only the nine psukim because it's all one Indian, and also because it's because of inyana the yama. That's why you could do that. In fact, that's the only day that we lane nine psukim. Otherwise, aside from that, the minimum is always ten psukim. The Gemara says, by a menorah, we add candles on Hanukkah from night to night. On the first night, we we uh, light one candle. On the second night, we light two candles. Since we say, Mylan Bakaydish, the Ain Marid. Therefore, the Havamin is that when we have ten psukim, the first aliyah gets three psukim, the second aliyah gets three psukim, and it's the last aliyah that always gets four psukim. Because we say, Mylan Bakaydish, the Ain Marid. Today, we do not follow this exactly. The Gemara says that back then, of the three aliyahs, the first person made a bracha before his aliyah, the second person made no bracha at all, and the third person made just a bracha afterwards. Today, all people who get an aliyah may make both brachas, one bracha beforehand, asher bacharbanu, and one bracha after his aliyah, asher nasalano, since there are people who come late and leave early from shul. Therefore, everyone will be yaitza with all the brachas. We know we have a rule that we have to read a minimum of three psukim per aliyah, no less than that. The question is, what do we do on Rosh Chaydish? The first two aliyahs have only five psukim available. So how do you divide them up to cover two aliyahs, to cover Kayan and Levi? We have a machlekes. Rav says you read three psukim, and then you repeat the third pasuk for the second aliyah. In other words, of the five psukim available, you read the first three, then you read the last three for the Levi aliyah. You cannot split the middle pasuk in half, since you're only allowed to split a pasuk for purposes of teaching little children. However, Shmuel argues, and he says, we do split the Pasuk, so we would have two and a half Psukim for Kayin, and then two and a half Psukim for Levi. Lahalacha, the Ramban, says we do not repeat Psukim, but the Rana and the Rif, which is how we Paskin, says we do repeat Psukim. The question is, what exactly do we repeat? As far as Halacha Lamaisa today, there is a major Machlaikis Rishayinim, how we should learn this Sugya. <coughs> Generally speaking, the Minig is like we see in Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Tovchav Beis, who comes out like the Shittas HaGa'inim, which say that the second Aliyah repeats the last Pasuk of the first Aliyah. This is how most shuls do it. However, the Shittas HaGra, based on a Girsa and the Sechtus Seifrim, says that the first two Aliyahs read Telovyeim HaShabas without repeating anything. And the third Aliyah is the one that repeats. It repeats the last three Psukim of the second Aliyah, and then reads the two Psukim of Uvyeim HaShabas. This is the Minig in Eretz Yisrael, as well as Yeshiva's Chaim Berlin here in the United States. A pay, which we have in the Torah, is equal to a psucha. That's when you have a space of nine oisius as a hefsik, and the new Indian begins on the next line. The samach stands for, stands for stuma. That means that you have oisius, you have the nine oisius, and the new Indian begins on the same line. The Gemara says that the klal is when there's a musaf, we lane four alias. The question is, what is a tainus considered? Do we lane four aliyahs because of Anenu, or do we lane only three because there's no Musaf? Rav Ami and Ravasi were the most respected kohanim in all of Eretz Yisrael, but Shmuel was also a kain. The general rule is, if there's ever a situation where a longer Kriya Satira could keep people from getting to work, then you lane just three psukim. This would be on Tishabav and on a tainus. But if there's no Bitva Malacha, like Rosh Chaydish and Cholamayid, then you would lane four alias. The Ritva points out that in those days, many people did not go to work on Rosh Chaydish. Rashi says that only women did not work on Rosh Chaydish. This is where it came from, this whole Indian of laning four alias, because people didn't go to work. On a Tainis, the third aliyah is the Maftir aliyah. And if it falls on Monday or Thursday, 
we still have just three aliyahs, and it's this third aliyah which gets the maftir. The klal is that any day with something special over another day gets an extra aliyah. So Monday and Thursday have three aliyahs. Rishchidosh and Chalamayid, which has Musaf, gets four aliyahs. Yom Tov, which has the Isser of Asiyas Malacha, and Malkus of a person, is Mabatal that, has five aliyahs. Yom Kippur has something more because it has Karis for doing Malachas, that has six aliyahs. And Shabbos has something more, Chamer, which is Skila for doing a malacha that has seven aliyahs. The Gemara says that one cannot bow on a floor made of stone, except in the Beis HaMikdash. And finally, the Gemara says a person should never complain loudly up to Shemayim. Li'olam ayatiach adam klape maila. Tavchav There's a machlekes how many aliyahs we have on Shabbos, but our Mishnah, which says seven aliyahs, is like the Tana Deber of Yishmael. The Gemara says that on Yontav many people came late to Shul, and left early, because as Rashi says, they were to prepare the su'udas. But in Yom Kippur, they come early and leave late, since there are so many tefillahs. We said here that on Yontif, people come late to shul, and Rashi says this is because people are at home cooking. And the Yavitz asks, since when do men cook that they have to come late to shul? And he answers, Pshad is that their wives are cooking, but the husbands are watching the children while their wives are cooking. This, of course, is a fundamental lesson in Shalom Bayis. The Gemara asks, besides what we learned on Dav Chafalaf Amid Beis, we now come back to the question of why we have the number of three in terms of the number of aliyahs we have during the week. And the Gemara gives another answer to this. The Gemara says the reason we have three aliyahs during the week is because it corresponds to Birchas Kayanim, which have three words in the first part of it. Yivarecha Hashem v'yishmerecha. The five aliyahs of Yontif correspond to the five words of the second Pasuk, Yara Hashem Panav Elecha Yichuneka, and the seven aliyahs on Shabbos correspond to the seven words of the third Pasuk, Yisa Hashem Panav Elecha V'yasim Lecha Shalom. The Gemara says everyone can be counted in the minion of seven to get an aliyah on Shabbos, even a cotton and even an isha. However, the Chachamim said that a woman may not get an aliyah because of Kavarat Zibar. And the maftir is an aliyah that has regular psukim from the Torah read with it, as we do today. So as Rashi says, And since the purpose of reading the Torah today is for Kabbalah Torah, it does not count as one of the seven aliyahs. So these psukim that we read from maftir are simply a repetition of the last few psukim from the parsha that we have just read from. The Gemara says the Haftarah must have at least 21 psukim, corresponding to the seven aliyahs. Three times seven is equal to 21. Halakha Lamaisa, as we learn in Simon Reish Pebe's Sif Gimel, we say that all people can be included to get an aliyah, even an isha or a cotton. But women today do not get aliyahs because of Kavarat Zibor. The Mishnabrura brings from the Magen Avram that we do not give a cotton an aliyah either. In fact, we do not even give a cotton an Hesafa either. However, as he says in Sif Katan Yud Beis, the Mishnah Brura says, that you could give a cotton the aliyah of maftir. And I have seen in shuls, I remember as a child, that uh, numerous times uh, someone who was under bar mitzvah would get the aliyah of maftir. Taisus asks, why on every Shabbos don't we take out two Sifrei Taurus, like we do on Rosh Chaydish, and what we'll do is we'll lane one from the Parsha, and one to lane the Karban Uviyayim HaShabbos, from Parshas Pinchas. Why shouldn't we do this? We do it every Rishchidosh, we do it every Yantav. Taisus gives a number of Turutzim. Number one, he says, since this Uviyayim HaShabbos has only two Psukim, and we cannot lane less than three Psukim, so we don't lane it at all. Number two, since the Haftarah must be laned from the Inyana Duyayma, 
So we would have to lane the same Haftarah every week if we did this. And finally, we only lane from Pinchas if the carbon that we discuss is for the purpose of Kapara. Since the carbon Shabbos is not for Kapara, we do not lane it at all on Shabbos. The Mishnah. We must have a minion of ten men to do Tefillah Sibor, to Duchen, to lane from the Torah, to do Nichom Avelim, for Sheva Brachos, or to make a Mezuman with the Shem Hashem. In other words, to say, Barach Elokeinu Shachalnu Mishalach. The Gemara says that you need ten people for a Dover Shebikdusha, as the Pasuk in Vayikra Chaf Beis says, V'nikdashti b'saych b'nei Yisrael, called Dover Shebikdusha lo yehe pachas me'asara. How do you know that you need ten people for a minion? Rabchia says, we learn Gzeir Shava, Taich, Taich. Since here it says, B'saych, and by Karach it says, Hibadlu mitaycha eda. That's how we know the connection between Taich, Taich. Then we make a second Gzeir Shava from Eda, Eda. Since by Meraglim it says Eda, and there were twelve Meraglim, if you come to then take away Yoshua and Kalif, who were the Tzadikim, you're now left with ten people. And that's how you know ten people are needed for a minion. Ramesha Feinstein, Zechariah Levracha, in Arachayim Chelek Aleph, Simen Chof Gimel, brings a raya from our Gemara that Bishasat Chak, you can be mitztaref, a machal Shabbos, to a minion of ten people. The interesting question here to note is that it's kind of surprising that the whole Indian of minion we learn from Sukkim that involved the Meraglim and Karach. Moving on here to the next Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Antav Chof Gimel, no one should lane less than three psukim for each aliyah. The Mishnah then says, after each pasuk, the Maturgaman would translate the meaning of that pasuk. And finally, the Mishnah says that it's usher to skip psukim in the Torah, but it's mutter to skip psukim in Navi. What if in a particular shul they accidentally skip a pasuk or skip a word? If it's Shabbos morning, then you must go back and read that pasuk again because on Shabbos you have to complete the full Parsha Sashavua. If it's not Shabbos morning, if that aliyah is exactly three psukim, and you skip a word or a pasuk, then the whole aliyah is not kosher, and you must make up that aliyah, because as we said, the aliyah has to have at least three psukim. However, if the aliyah is more than three psukim, then you do not have to go back unless that mistaken pasuk was specifically nogea to the inyana diyayim. I remember once in shul in St. Louis on Cholamayid Pesach, that the Balkari was reading the fourth Aliyah. He read the Pasuk of Ka'ela, and then he stopped before the final Pasuk of Then the person who got that Aliyah made the Bracha of Hashem Asalano. At that moment, the people in Shul realized that the last Pasuk of that Aliyah was left out. The question is, did they have to redo that Aliyah or not? The Rav at that time, I remember Paskant correctly, that since it was Cholamayid, this pasuk of Uvayema Shvi Mikrakaidish Yalachem is not from the Inyana Diyama, and therefore is not Mak of the Aliyah, so it was not necessary to go back. The minimum requirement of three psukim per Aliyah is based on the three parts of Tanakh, as we said before, amongst many other reasons. The Torah explains that in those days the Maturgaman would translate the psukim into Aramaic through Ruach HaKaidish. But today, where we don't have a maturgaman, since our languages cannot translate properly the way Aramis did, and also since they do not have Ruach HaKadosh, we don't do that today at all. Regarding skipping psukim in the Torah, this is only usur if the inyan isn't related. But if it is an inyan, all part of one big inyan, then it's okay to skip, as we do today on a tainus, that we skip Ben Gavra Le Gavra for Vayachal, the Mishnah. The one who normally gets the mafter 
also gets other kibudim, like pares al shma. In other words, he gets daven for the amit. A katan can read from the Torah, but he cannot daven for the amit. The Meiri explains that there is no chiv to hear kriya. That's why the katan can read from the Torah. And the Gemara says the reason the Balmaftir gets other kibudim is since the maftir wasn't something chashuf. In other words, he didn't get paid for it. So you must give him another covet to make up for his maftir contribution. According to Rabbi Yehuda, someone who never saw light all of his days cannot be paras al shma. But according to the Tanakama, he can, since he can still get pleasure by knowing someone else could guide him with the light that he is carrying. We have a similar Gemara which discusses a blind woman who is having a child and is therefore a chayla sheyesh bay sakana. This is a Gemara Mesech to Shabbos daf kuf chav ches. Even though she is blind, and has no benefit from the light in the room, the Gemara says that someone is allowed to turn a light on for her on Shabbos. I, if she's blind, what benefit does she have from the light? The Gemara answers that in knowing that her friend will be able to help her easier, since there will be light in the room, that gives the woman in labor a higher degree of comfort, and therefore the Chil Shabbos is mutter even though she's blind. The Gemara says, Isuve meisve daita, she'll be more comfortable, she'll be worrying less. Meisha Feinstein, Zechot Tzadik Livracha, and Igrus Meisha, brings a raya from that Gemara there in Shabbos, that if a woman goes into labor on Shabbos, her husband or someone else would be allowed to accompany her in a cab, since the knowledge that someone is with her makes her more comfortable and prevents her from worrying excessively about the fact that she's on her way to the hospital. The Mishnah. A Kayan who has mumin on his hands should not duchen, since people will look at his hands. And we know from the Gemara and Chagiga, if you look at a Kayan's hands during Duchening, you can hurt your eyes, since the Shechina rests on the hands of the Kohana. Taisu says that this danger only applied by Duchening in the Beis Hamikdash, but does not apply Bizman Hazeh. A Kayan with dye on his hands shouldn't Duchen either, because again, people will come to look at his hands. And the Gemara says, if a person is blind and people can see that there's something wrong with his eye, he cannot Duchen since people will look at him. If, however, he is a regular resident of the city, he can duchen since people are used to his mum, and therefore they won't stare at him during the duchen. In Shulchan Aruch, it also says that if a kayan, kohanim, cover their heads with a talus, as we do bizman hazeh, that even a kayan who has a mum is allowed to duchen, because they're not going to see anything anyway, because the talus is going to be covering it up. The next Mishnah. If a person says he won't daven because he's wearing colored clothes, then he cannot daven at all for the amid. It's that maybe he's a min. If one wears round-shaped tefillin, it's both a danger and he's not yoyed in the mitzvah either. And the Gemara says that round tefillin are no good, since we know that the Halacha Lameshim Sinai says that tefillin must be a perfect square. the Mishnah. If a person says only tzaddikim should bless Hashem, it's all considered derech minus, since Rishayim must also bless Hashem, and we have to silence him. And the same thing if he says maidim maidim. If he says maidim twice, it's like there's two rabbi nishloilams. Therefore, Just like a person gives a bracha to Hashem when something good happens, the same way a person has to say Baruch Emes when something bad happens. If a person says the only reason for the mitzvah, the mitzvah of Kansipur was given, is since Hashem has Rachmanus on animals, we silence him. Since we know that this is just a Stam Gzera, and it really has nothing to do with Rachmanus. Taisus asks on the side, why do we say then a special piyot on the second day of Pesach of Oisei V'yesbanai to show Hashem has Rachmanus on the animals? If we know that it has something to do with Rachmanus, but it's a Stam Gzera, so why do we say that at all? 
And the Gemara says, since the Anshe Knesset Hagdola made up the specific Nusach for Shmanes, right? You're not allowed to add praises to Hashem on your own, since you can never do justice to the reality of the unlimited number of praises that one could give to Hashem. Am Rabbi Chanina. Everything really comes and is totally in Shemayim, except for Yira Shemayim, that's totally in the individual person himself. If one says Maidim Maidim, or Shma Shma, the Mishtakin, I say, we quiet him, since it's like saying, he's, the person is like saying that there are two Rabbi Nishalayim's in the world. The Mishnah. We read from the Maisa Ruvain, the Pilegish Aviv, but we do not translate it. We do translate the Maisa of Yehuda Vitamar. And the Gemara says, even though the Maisa Bereshis is complex, we do read it and we are metargim. The Maisa Egel we also translate, since Kal Yisrael will be embarrassed when they hear it, and they'll have a kapara. The Maisa of Yehuda Vitamar is a praise to Yehuda, since he admitted his chait. The Gemara says, Reb Shimon ben Elazar a person should be very careful with his answers, with the answers that he gives to people, since Aaron's answer regarding the Egel encouraged the troublemakers. The Gemara says anything in the Torah which is mentioned bignai, disgracefully, has a separate Kri from the Ksiv. All ridiculing is Usr, a person should not ridicule, except the ridiculing of Avaidazara. And finally, the Gemara says a person who has a beautiful reputation, it is mutter to praise him, and if you do, you will have brachas placed on your head. That's the end of this parak. Now let us begin the fourth parak, parak Beneha Ir from Davchavvav, the Mishnah. If the people of a town sold the town square, the Rechavah Shalir, which has some Kedusha, they need to use the money to buy a shul. If they sold the shul, then they want to buy a teva. The rule is, Mailin Bakhaidish V'yein Merid. So if they sold the Torah, they should not buy Svarim or Chamashim with that money. Lahalacha, we paskin in Shulchan Arach, Simen Kufnu and Gimel, Siftal, he brings that there are two shitas if you can buy something of equal value. In other words, if you sell a shul, can you buy a shul? Yesh Eisrin, Yesh Matirim. The Primagodim brings a rule here that when the Machaber gives a choice, he's usually inferring that you should do like his last view that he brings, i.e., here it would be Mutter. Yesh Eisrin, Yesh Matirim. And the Gemara says, This Stam Mishnah goes like Rabbi Nachem, Rabbi Yaisi that the Rechai Shalir has some Kedusha, since we know on a Tainus, as we learned in the Gemara and Tainus, Dafyud Beis, Amin Beis, there used to be Mispal for rain, but according to the Chachamim, the town square has no Kedusha. The Gemara says that only shuls of small cities can be sold, but shuls from very large cities cannot be sold. And Taisu says this is because a lot of the out-of-towners contributed for its construction. Yerushalayim is not Metama Benigayim of Tsaras, since there is no private property. It didn't belong to any of the Shvatim. There's a Machlaikis if this is just the Beis Hamigdash or all of Yerushalayim. If Yehuda holds, all the city was divided between Binyamin and Yehuda. Yehuda owned the Harabais from the east and the three Azars, the Azus Kayanim, the Azus Yisrael, and the Azus Nashim. From the Mizbeach, on all the area of Ben Ulam the Mizbeach, that belonged to Binyamin. Binyamin also owned the Ulam, the Hechal, and the Kaidish Kadashim. And the Shekhinah rested in the Chelik of Binyamin, because we know from the Pasuk, Uven Kesefav Shachin. The people of Yerushalayim were not allowed to charge people to sleep in their homes by the Ali Larego, since the houses didn't really belong to the so-called homeowners. But the guests should leave over some Karbanas Hais as a present to their host. The Gemara says one is not allowed to destroy an old shul before putting up a new shul, since there's a chash that something will happen, 
and they will not be able to build the new shul, or they'll lose the money, and therefore they'll be left with nothing. If someone wove a beged for a mace, it is Osir Bahana, since once it was designated for the mace, it belongs to the mace. Hasmana Milsehi. Mash'en Kain, by bricks of a shul, there is no Hasmana, since they're just bricks now, not a completed shul building. The Gemara says that Tashmishe Kedusha, Sukkah, Lulav, Shefer, Otsitzes, we can throw out those things after they're not used anymore. In other words, once a Lulav is finished, you don't need it anymore, you're allowed to throw it out. In Shulchan Aruch, however, he paskins that we must be careful with the strings of tzitzes, not to be mevazadam at least. However, Tashmishe Kedusha, the jacket of a, of a Sefer, of a Sefer Torah, Ritzuas of Tefillin, Mezuzas, the Tefillin sack, or the Aaron Kodesh, those cannot be thrown out, but become, have to be put into Shemus, into Geniza. The Gemara says both the Bima and the cloth on top of the Bima are considered Tashmishe Kedusha. And the Gemara says that normally a wooden keli is Makabal Tuma, but a wooden vessel that is made to be used in a permanent place is not Makabal Tuma. In fact, it can be used to be Chaitzis to keep Tuma out of a room. The Gemara says if a Sefer Torah becomes illegible, we bury it next to a Talmud Chacham. There's a Machlaikis which is more Kaddish, a base Medrash or a base Knesses. Rav Papi says that a base Medrash is more Kaddish, and Rav Papa says that a base Knesses is more Kaddish. The Nafkamina would be if you can convert one into the other, because we know we say Malan Bakaydish V'ein Marid, Tafchopsai. One may not sell an old Sefer Torah to buy a new one, because again, we say Mailan Bakaydish V'ein Marid, but we can wrap Chumashim with the Mitbachais, with the wrappings of the Nevi'im, since you're elevating the Kedusha of these wrappings. The Ran also adds that because of Mailan Bakaydish, you cannot use the wrapping of one Sefer Torah to transfer it to another Sefer Torah. You can't go equal in Kedusha, but Mailan Bakaydish, you have to go higher in Kedusha. We can place Chumashim on top of Nevi'im, but we cannot place Chumashim on top of a Sefer Torah since they're less Kaddish. That's why today, for example, we do not put a Siddur on top of a Chumash, because a Chumash is more Kaddish than a Siddur. One is only allowed to sell a Sefer Torah to support Limit Torah, or to get married because of the mitzvah of Piri Verivia. And this is only true if no other money is available. But if one just needs food to eat, then he's not allowed to sell a Sefer Torah for any reason, unless it's Mamashev, question of Sarkana. A person should not sell a Sefer Torah even if he gets a few new ones for the money that he gets with the Sefer Torah. If one sells a Sefer Torah for the purpose of food, he will never see bracha for that money. Of course, however, if there's a case of pikuach nefesh, then he would be allowed to sell. If money was collected for a Sefer Torah, and they didn't use it at all, then the surplus money can be used for other tzarech tzibur, since it's not fully kaddish until it was actually used for the Sefer Torah itself. The Mishnah. Rameyer says we are not allowed to sell a base knesses from a rabbin to a yachid, even if it's for the purpose of a shul. This is now meridin bakaydish. But the Chachamim say this is okay. The next wish. Rameyer says a community cannot sell a base knesses unless they make a condition that they have the right to buy it back later on if they want to. The Chachamim say it's okay to sell it even permanently and irrevocably. But you cannot sell a shul for a base hamerchatz, a laundry a mikvah, or a lavatory. Rabbi Yehuda says it can be sold as a courtyard and then the purchaser can do whatever he wants with it. The Gemara says that it's also to give or take ribis interest. However, ribis al-manas is a machlekes if it's mutter or asr. If a person passes water, 
we learn from Bahaya Machanecha Kadesh that a person must now move four Amas away from it in order to daven. The Talmidim of Reb Zakkai asked him, in what schus did he live so long? And he said he lived long for a number of reasons. Number one, he always stood more than Dalat Amas from Tsoa when davening. Number two, he didn't call friends by nicknames. And Taisus asked that the Isser of calling friends by nicknames is only usser if the name is distasteful. And finally, he says that he was poor, and he still made Kiddush on Yayin instead of Pas. He could have made Kiddush on Pas. And they were very poor, they really didn't have money. Still and all, he made an effort to make Kiddush on Yayin anyways. Rafuna was short, and his daughters accidentally at one time threw their silk garments on him when he was lying on the couch. Rav Preda lived 400 years. His Talmidim asked him why he lived so long, and he answered since he was always first into the base Medish, and he was Mechabit all the Kohanim to Bech. Tav Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana lived a long life since he didn't seek honor from his neighbors if his neighbors would be embarrassed. And he didn't go to sleep until he was Michael everyone, and he was generous with his money. If someone doesn't hold a grudge on other people, then his sins are forgiven. It is also to look at the features of a person who is a Russia. If you do, your eyes can become dim. And the Gemara says, If a person gets a kola from even a person who is just a hedyet, he has to take it very seriously. And finally, the Gemara says, Reb Zera lived a long time because he never got excessively angry in his house and he never spoke to people greater than him without a lot of covet. Also, he never walked more than Daladamas without tefillin or tyra, and he never slept even a shinisarai in the base medish, the Mishnah. A Beisachnesis that has been ruined, it cannot be used as a public place or a factory. And in fact, the person cannot use that area as a shortcut to walk through it. And the Gemara says, In a shul we don't have kalos reish. We're not supposed to have kalos reish. We cannot eat or drink in a shul. And we're not supposed to stam walk into a shul just to warm up. But we are allowed to learn in a shul. And the Gemara says that shuls outside of Eretz Yisrael are built for tonight. Once they become ruined, ruined, you can use them for public things, but not for the purpose of Kalas Reish. Talmidei Chachamim, however, can eat or sleep in the base Medish, since they live there, Yamam Valayla, and they need these things for the purpose of Torah. Therefore, they're allowed to eat or sleep in the base Medish. The Gemara says it helps to have a clear north wind while learning Torah, i.e., pleasant conditions help a person's learning. The Gemara says if a person needs to get his friend from a shul, he should say a Mishnah or a Pasuk, so then he'll be able to go into the shul. The Gemara says that an Espedo de Rabbim can be held in a shul, otherwise it's not allowed. Reish Lakish was very makpit on everything he said, and he was an extremely trustworthy person. And the Gemara says that it's better to use services of a person who learns Mishnayis than to partake in the services of one who learns Gemara. In other words, don't use Talmidei Chachamim to do work for you. It's not covered for them. Amar Abzera, Benayis Yisrael hain hechmiru al atzman shafilu rayais hipasdam kechardel yeshevas alav shiva nekiim. The daughters of Klal Yisrael were machmir on themselves that even if they saw and even if they see just a small drop of blood, they would count seven days before being mitahir in a mikvah. As background, midaraisa, if a woman sees blood, even if she sees it for seven days in a row, as long as it stops at the end of seven days, she doesn't need to wait Zion Nikim, 
and she just needs to be tevil that night, and then she's tar. However, after this seven days, if she sees dam for three days, she becomes a zavagudayla, and she must wait shivanikiyam. B'nai Yisrael were machmer on themselves, that no matter when they see dam, even if it's within the first seven days, then they wait always a period of zayanikiyam before going to the mikvah to be mitar. And this is how we're naig today. Anyone who learns halachas every day, he is sure to go to Eilam Haba. Shenamar, halichas Eilam Lai. The leaders and rulers are low, they are below Hashem. Al tikri halichas ela halachas. Don't read the word halichas, but rather halachas. If you learn halachas every day, Eilam Haba will be yours. Tafchavtas. Tanarabaram. Mevatlin Talmatara Laitsas Hames Ulach Nasas Kala were Mevatl Talmatara for the purpose of Mace Mitzvah and Achnasas Kala. Achnasas Kala today means the Badeke. The Gemara says that Bnei Yisrael is very precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, since the Shechina was always with them. They were with them in Mitzrayim, in Bavel, and Asidon Ligoya. From the Pasuk in Yecheskel about Golos, Ba'ehi Lohem Mikdash Ma'at, this is referring to the shuls and the Bate Midrashas that are considered Mikdashin Ma'at. We paskin that Abbas Medrash is more Kaddish than Abbas Aknesis. In the future, all these places will be transplanted to Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara says that Abbas Kol went out to all mountains, but Hashem rested the Shechina on Sinai, since it was lower and modest. And if a person is a Balgaiva, then he's considered a Balmon. The Gemara says we cannot have Kalos Reish in Abbas Akvaris in a cemetery. And we cannot have animals grazing there. We can't have a water pipe going through it either. This is all because of Kvoid Mason, the Mishnah, as background. There are four special parshias we lane before Pesach. Parshish Shkolem, since the Shkolem were brought at that time, that's lane, the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh Odor. Parshish Zohar, which is lane before Purim. Parshish Para, which is the Shabbos before Parshish Achodesh, since the Mechatas was used to be Matar people before the Karban Pesach. And finally, Parshas HaChodesh, which is about Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that's laid right before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And the Mishnah says, If Rosh Chodesh Adar is on Shabbos, we read Parshas Shkalem on that Shabbos. If Rosh Chodesh falls on a weekday, we read Parshas Shkalem on the Shabbos before that. The second special Parsha is Parshas Zohar, which is laid right before Purim. There are certain times we interrupt the regular Parshas HaShavua, Monday and Thursday, and lane special in Yonah Duyayma. Instead of laning the Parshas HaShavua on that Monday or Thursday, we lane something special. These days include Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, Purim, Atainas, Mamadais, and Yom Kippur, Shabbos, by Mincha, Achremais, where we lane that special Parsha there on Achremais, of the Arias. And the Gemara says, on Rosh Chodesh Adar, they announced that everyone should bring Shkalim, so that there would be 30 days before Rosh Chodesh Nisan, so that the money would exist on Rosh Chodesh Nisan for all the karbanas needed in the Beis Hamikdash. What is Parsha Shkalim? Rav says that it's the Parsha from Pinchas, it's Karbani Lachmi, that is what constitutes Parsha Shkalim. And Shmuel says we read from Parsha's Kisisa. And in fact, that's what we do today. We read Parsha Shkalim from Parsha's Kisisa about the Indian of the Shkalim. The Gemara says the custom of the Bnei Eretz Yisrael was to finish the Torah only once every three years. Today we know we complete the Torah once every year, right before Simchas Torah. In fact, on Simchas Torah is when we actually finish it. If Rosh Chodesh Adar falls on Shabbos, we take out three Sifrei Torah. 
one for the Parsha Sashavua, the second one for Rosh Chaydish, and the third one for Parsha Shkala. Six people read from the Parsha, one gets an Aliyah regarding Rosh Chaydish, then we have Kaddish, then we lay in Parsha Shkala. If Rosh Chaydish Tevis falls out on Shabbos, we also t- take out three Sifrei Torah, one to lay in from Parsha's Miketz, one to lay in for Rosh Chaydish, and one to lay in the Nesiyam from Parsha's Nasai. If Rosh Chaydish Teves is during the week, first we read three Aliyahs for Rosh Chaydish, then we read one Aliyah for Hanukkah. And the reason we go in that order is because we say Tadir, Bishayna Tadir, Tadir Kaidim. That's why we read Rosh Chaydish first. At that time, it was Shaykh for Parsha Shkalim to fall out on Parsha's Tetzava. Today, it can only come out either during Parsha's Mishpatim, or Parsha's Truma, or Vayakel Vayakel Pekude. If it fell on Parsha's Tetzava then, six people would read till the end of Tetzava, and then the one person would begin right from the beginning of Parsha's Kisisa, the Parsha of Shkalim. Daflam. What if Parsha Shkalim falls out exactly on Parsha's Kisisa? which would be an interesting situation, because what would happen is you would read the whole Parsha of Kisisa, and then you would also have to read Parsha Shkala. Of course we know that this cannot happen today. So in those days, what did we do if it fell on Parsha's Kisisa? The Gemara says that we read six aliyahs from after the Indian of Shkala, and the seventh person, would, we would go back to the beginning of Parsha's Kisisa, and we would read until the Asisa. That would be the seventh aliyah. It's Mashmah from this Gemara, as well as Gemara, as we learned on Daf Yud Zayin and Daf Yud Chas, that you can read Kriya Satira out of order and still be Yaitse. And we know this, Oiske Paskin and Shulchan Arach, Simen Reish Pei Sif Zayin, that it's okay, Bidiyevet. The Gemara says, according to Rav, Parsha Zohar must be the Shabbos before Purim, since we need to remember Zechira Samalek before we celebrate the Simcha of Purim. The Zman of Parsha's Parah is a Machlaikas. If it's the Shabbos after Purim, or the Shabbos before Parshas HaChaydish. We actually do like the latter, that we always lay in Parshas Para, the Shabbos before Parshas HaChaydish. This is similar to the Dalit Kaisis, that we're not mafsik in drinking additional wine between the third and fourth Kais. Just like by the third and fourth Kais, we're not mafsik, the same thing by the Dalit Parshas, that we're not mafsik between the third Parsha, Parshas Para, and the fourth Parsha, Parshas HaChaydish. Rashi goes here into a detailed explanation of what constitutes the Dalad Parshas and what's the order of them. According to Rashi, Rosh Chaydish Odor can only fall on Zavdu, can only fall on the seventh day, Zion, can only fall on Shabbos, Bez, which is Monday, Dalad, which is Wednesday, and Vav, which is Friday. If it fell out on Sunday, Tuesday, or Thursday, that can't happen, because if it did, we would have a problem with Yom Kippur either falling out on Friday or Sunday, which cannot happen, because then you'd have two Shabbosays like in a row, or Hashanah Rabbah would fall out on Shabbos, and we can't have that either. Therefore, it can only fall out on Zavdu. So if Rosh Chaydish falls out on Shabbos, then the Hafsaka, the Shabbos, the one Shabbos that we don't lay in one of the Dalet Parshas, will be between Parshas Zachar and Parshas Parah. If Rosh Chaydish Odor falls out on Monday, the Hafsaka will be between Parshas Shkalem and Parshas Zachar. If Rosh Chaydish falls out on Wednesday, then it's the same thing. The Hafsaka would fall out between Shabbos Shkalem and Shabbos Zachar. But if Rosh Chaydish Adar is on, is on Friday, then we have two Hafsakas, actually. We have a Hafsaka between Parsha Shkalem and Parsha Zachar, and between Parsha Zachar and Parsha Para. The Gemara says that on a Tainus, they used to examine the affairs of the town in the morning. So if it fell on Monday or Thursday, they would read the regular Parsha in the morning, and they would wait till the afternoon by Mincha to read Vayechal. 
Today, however, the Ran says that in both the morning and in the afternoon on a Tainus, we read Vayechal, the Mishnah. On the first day of Pesach, we read from the Inyan of Yontav in Parshas Amor, Shor Oichesav. On Shavuos, we read from Re'eh, Sheva Shavuos. On Rosh Hashanah, we read from Parshas Amor. It's interesting we don't paskin like any of these three things today. On Yom Kippur, we read from the Avedah in Achremos. On Sukkot, we read from Amor. And the rest of Sukkot, we read from the Karbanas. This, these three we do paskin like today. Interestingly enough, the Taisus says the Mishnah, or the Gemara, makes no mention of the second Sefer Torah, which we read on Yantiv, we read from Parshas Pinchas. So where does this minute come from? He explains that this minig of reading from Parshas Pinchas on Yantiv comes from the Seder Rav Amram. The Mishnah continues, On Cholamayit Sukkot in Eretz Yisrael, we read for the exact day of the Karban. However, in Chutz Laaretz, because of Sveika Diyema, we have a more complex situation. For example, on the first day of Cholamayit, for Kayin, we read Ubiyayim Hasheni. For Levi, we read Ubiyayim Hashlishi. For the third Aliyah, we read Ubiyayim Haravi. And the fourth Aliyah, we repeat Yem Hasheni and Yem Hashlishi. On Hanukkah, we read from Parshas Nasai, the Nesim. On Purim, we read from Parshas Beshalach, from Bayavai Amalek. On Rosh we read Rachei Chatshechem, from Parshas Pinchas. For the Mamadais, we read the Maise Bereshis. And finally, on Atainis, we read the Klolis. We don't Paschal like this either today, because today on Atainis, we read Vayechal. Daflamet Aleph. The Gemara says, According to Abaya, today's custom on Pesach, first day of Pesach, is to read as follows. On day one, we read from Parshus Bay regarding the Karban Pesach. On day two, we read Sharei Chesef, which is related to the Sphira. On Cholamayid, we read Mapu. This stands for the first words of the Parshas that we read from, the specific Psukim. The first day of Cholamayid, we read Parshus Bay. The second day from Parshus Mishpatim. The third day from Parshus Kisisa. And the fourth day from Parshus Baloischa. These are all related to Pesach. On Shvishal Pesach, we read the Shira from Parshas Peshalach, due to Kriyas Yamsuf, which happened on that day. And on the last day, the eighth day, Achron Shal Pesach, we read from Parshas Re'e, Kol HaBachar. If it falls out on Shabbos, we started a little bit earlier in Parshas Re'e, and we begin from Aser to Aser. On Shvuas, the first day of Shvuas, we read from Parshas Yisrai, the Kabbalah Satira. And on the second day of Shvuas, we again read Kol HaBachar. On Rosh Hashanah, we read like the Shita of the Yeshayimrim, which says we read on the first day of Hashem Pakad Esara, because that happened on Rosh Hashanah, and on the second day of Rosh Hashanah we read the Parsha of the Akedah, the Akedah Yitzchak. The Haftarah on the second day is Habein Yakirli from Yirmiyahu, due to the union of Zohar Kerenu Nu'um Hashem, which is related to Tshuva. On Yom Kippur we read about the Avedas Yom Kippur from Parsha Zacharemos, and in Mincha we read the Parsha of the Arias, also from Parsha Zacharemos. Why is it we read this on the afternoon of Yom Kippur? <clears throat> One is you could say we read this because this is a common Avera. Taisu says, since the women dress up on this day, we know that women used to get dressed up on Tuba Av and on Yom Kippur, therefore we remind people about the Avera of Arias that afternoon. Also the Medrash says that this is a remez to Hashem. Just like you have asked us not to be Megala Arias, please don't be Megala Araveras. Finally, Rabbeinu Yoyna says in Shari Tshuva that a person's taiva is the aside of all averas. If a person can conquer his taiva, i.e. arayas, he won't be nichshal in any other averas either. The maftir on the afternoon of Yom Kippur is maftir Yaina. 
this, at that time, in Ninveh, they did Shuva. On the first day of Sukkot, we read from Parshas Emor. This is the Indian of Sukkot, Sharei Chasev. The second day, we read the same thing. On Cholomoy, we read regarding the Karbanas Achag. On Shemini Atzeres, we begin in Parshas Re'eh. And we always begin from Aser to Aser. We, do ne- we never begin from Kolobachar, even if it's not Shabbos. And the reason this is true is since that's the time of the ingathering of the Tvua and the Meiser. That's where we begin from Aser to Aser, whether it's Shabbos or whether it's during the week. On Simchas Torah, we read from the Zeis HaBracha, since it's the last of the Yomim Tevim, corresponding to the last brachas of Meisha. And of course, because we want to finish up the Torah. Incidentally, in Eretz Yisrael, since Shemini Atzeres and Simchas Torah are only one day of Yontav in total, we only read the Zeis HaBracha, but we do not read Aser to Aser. If you want to remember the three days in Chutz Arts that we read Aser to Aser or Kol HaBachar, just remember that the three days that we say Yisker, we always say Yisker on the last day of Pesach, on the second day of Shavuos, and on Shemini Atzeres. Those three days which we say Yisker, of course we also say Yisker on Yom Kippur, but those three days that we say Yisker happen to be the three days that we lay in Kol HaBachar, Aser to Aser. In Eretz Yisrael, however, those three days are extra days of Yontif. Therefore, in Eretz Yisrael, aside from when they lay in Parshish Re'eh during the rest of the year, they never read Kol HaBachor or Aser Ta'aser, especially except when, we, when they lay in Parshish Re'eh in its normal time. On Hanukkah, we read Parshish Nasai about the Nesim. And the Haftarah we read on Shabbos Hanukkah is from the Novi Zechariah, Rani Vesimche. On Purim, we read regarding Amalek from Parshish Peshalach. On Rosh Chaydis, we read regarding Rosh Chaydish from Parshish Pinchas. And if it's on Shabbos, the Haftarah is from Yeshaya, Samachvav, Hashamayim Kisi. If Rosh Chaydish comes out on Sunday, so on the Shabbos, the day before, we read from Shmuel, Vayemer lo Yainasan, Machar Chaydish. Our meaning before Tishabav is to read the Haftarah of Chazayin Yeshayahu Ben Amoitz, which of course is called Shabbos Chazayin. And the Shabbos after that, we read Nachamu. And that's why that's called Shabbos Nachamu. On Tisha B'av, we read in the Torah from Parsha Vaeschanan, Kisoilid Banim. The Gemara says, if not for the Mamadais, the world would not be able to exist. Avram Avinu asked Hashem, if Bnei Yisrael is Chaita, will you destroy them like you did, like you destroyed the Dor HaMabal? And Hashem promised not to do that in the Schus of all the Karbanas. And after this Man Beis Hamidash, if they read about the Karbanas, then it's the equivalent of bringing the Karbanas. The Gemara says when we, read, when we read in the Torah about the Klolos, we do not stop in the middle of an Aliyah, but rather we read it straight through. In fact, we always put a few Psukim before and after the Klolos. So a Bracha is not said before a Klolos. This is referring, of course, to Bechukosai, where we read the Teichacha, and in Parshish Kisavoy, we read the same, and this is brought down in Shulchan Arach Simen, Tof Chaf Ches. Ezra HaSeifer instituted ten Takanas, one of which was to lane from the Torah Monday and Thursday in the morning, and Shabbos in the afternoon. Part of this was to lane the Klolis of Bechukaisai before Shavuos, and the Klolis of Kisavai before Rosh Hashanah. Taisva says that today actually we read Bechukaisai, the following we read, we read by Midbar, sometimes we read Nasai also before we, read, before we get to Shavuos. Regarding Rosh Hashanah, we read Parshish Kisisa, then Nitzavim, or Nitzavim Vayelach, then comes Rosh Hashanah. The purpose of these Klolis is to get rid of them before the end of the year. I what is Shavuos? Shavuos is not a Rosh Hashanah. 
So he answers that Shavuos is a little bit of a Rosh Hashanah because it's the Rosh Hashanah for Peres Ha'ilah. The Gemara says that we always should heed the words of Zekenim over the words of the Na'arim. According to Rameir, Shabbos by Mincha, we read until Shani. On Monday, we read until Shlishi in the Parsha. And on Thursday, we read until Ravi. And then when we get to Shabbos, we pick up from Ravi and we read till the end of the Parsha. Rabbi Yehuda says we lane by all three of these days, we only read till Shani. And the following Shabbos, we read over the entire Parsha. Rabbi Zera Paskins, like Rabbi Yehuda, and this is, of course, how we do it today. Taisvah says before reading from the Torah, a Balkari must prepare by practicing. Also, while reading, a person is not allowed to lean on the Bima. Both the person who gets the Aliyah and the Balkari should not lean on the Bima, unless, of course, a person is too old and frail and needs to lean on it because otherwise he would not be able to stand. Taflam and Beis. Rameir says when a person gets an Aliyah, we see the place to read from. A person should look in, see where the, the Aliyah is going to begin. Then he closes the Sefer Torah. He makes the bracha Asher Bacharbanu. Then he opens up the Sefer Torah again, and then we read. Then the Balaliyah, of course, as we know, was also the person who was the Balkari. The reason we close the Sefer Torah before the person makes the bracha is since we don't want people to think that these brachas are written right inside of the Torah. Rabbi Yehuda argues on Rameir, and he says that we do not close the Sefer Torah, but we make the bracha with the Sefer Torah open. In other words, we look into the spot where it is, we make the bracha with the Sefer Torah open, and then we lay. Why is this that we don't close the Sefer Torah? Since we don't want tircha tzibura. The Mishnah Bura says you can go either way. You can either keep it closed or open it when you make the bracha. However, the bracha, which we make at the end of an aliyah, asher nasan lanu, that we definitely do with the Sefer Torah closed. Ramasna says that the luchais, which Rashi explains is the covers for the Sefer Torah, and the bimais, are not considered Kli Kedusha, but are just Hashmishe Kedusha, so are not as holy. The Gemara says when the Torah is read, the most prominent person should get Hagba. The Mishnah Bura says that we're not Makhbet on this today to give necessarily the most prominent person Hagba. And the Gemara asks, how do we know that we should follow a Baskal? What is a Baskal? A Baskal is a voice that comes down from a Shemayim, which is at a lower level than a Nevuah. How do we know that we're supposed to follow this? We know from the Pasig in Yeshaya, Perek Lamed, the Oznacha Tishmana. The Gemara says any person who reads the Torah without Trap, or he reads a Mishnah without Nigun, back then they used to actually sing it, it's a sign that to him the Chukim are not that important, are not that nice. Rabbi Sharsha says that if two Talmidei Chachamim live in the same city and always quarrel in Halacha, but don't learn Bechavrusa, they're destined to make mistakes. The Gemara says any person who touches a Sefer Torah while it's naked, he will be buried Oram, because we're afraid of of Echshash, that a person may come to touch the Sefer Torah while his hands are dirty. And finally, the Masechta ends by saying that Moshe instituted for Klau Yisrael, that they should be Darish on the Halachas of Pesach before Pesach, the Halachas of Shavuos before Shavuos, and the Halachas of Sukkot before Sukkot, i.e. 30 days before the Yom Tov. Hadron Allah, Masechta, Megillah.